Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. With the Feast of Candlemas, we draw to an end our celebration of Christmas and Epiphany and turn our faces towards Lent and the start of the most significant spiritual journey that any of us can make that leads to Passiontide and the joy of the resurrection at Easter. Do please leave a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to help to, if you'd like to donate to help support these services, you'll find details in the accompanying text of how to do so. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our service begins. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. Welcome to St Bride's to our Choral Eucharist on this, 
the last Sunday before Lent begins. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
almighty God, whose Son was revealed in majesty before he suffered death upon the cross, give us grace to perceive his glory, that we may be strengthened to suffer with him and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin on his face shone because he had been talking with God. And when Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin on his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. And afterward all the people of Israel came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, the people of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, and Moses would put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
a reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who put a veil over his face, so that the Israelites might not see the end of the fading splendour. But their minds were hardened. For, to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds. But when a man turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. We have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Lord, 
Jesus took Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his countenance was altered and his raiment became dazzling white. And behold, two men talked with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, and when they wakened they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is well that we are here. Let us make three booths, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he said this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my son, my chosen, listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silence and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him, and behold, a man from the crowd cried, Teacher, I beg you to look upon my son, for he is my only child, and behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him till he foams, and shatters him, and will hardly leave him. And I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, O faithless and perverse generation, how long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon tore him and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And all were astonished at the majesty of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Ghost. Amen. I expect we've all had the experience reflecting on something very satisfying or amusing as we go about our business, suddenly realising that we're grinning like the Cheshire Cat and to those around us must appear somewhat manic or deranged. Conversely, there are times when we notice someone else whose expression betrays some internal revelry and we realise that whilst we might be physically proximate, we're living in rather different worlds. In the Hebrew scriptures, we read that when Moses came down from Mount Sinai speaking with God, his face shone. But in this case, it seems that proximity to God's glory had transformed his countenance to such an extent that the Israelites were terrified. It seems to be like some kind of radioactive glow and Moses had to veil his face. The change in the appearance of Jesus's countenance in the gospel passage we've just heard is reminiscent of Moses, 
but the account also provides a stark contrast because in this instance, Jesus' clothes became dazzling white because he is the very source of divine glory. To the disciples, the event is shocking. This is beyond ordinary human experience. Peter, in his confusion, suggests building booths, but soon the disciples fall silent. Now, we celebrate the Feast of the Transfiguration in August, but it's a very relevant subject for attention at this time in the liturgical year because it's a pivotal, pivotal point in the Gospel narrative as attention turns decisively towards the cross as we look to the start of Lent this week. It's appropriate also on a day when we welcome a new member to the body of Christ in the waters of baptism, because the voice that came from the cloud saying, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him, echoes that heard at Jesus' baptism, although on that occasion, the voice addressed Jesus directly, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Here the message is directed to his disciples proclaiming his identity. This is my son, my chosen, and requiring the obedient response of the disciples. Listen to him. The Transfiguration is a significant event in the Gospel, connecting Christ to the patriarchs of the Jewish faith. Resonating as it does with the stories of Moses on Sinai and of Elijah, who also experienced God on the mountain in a still small voice. As important as that is, though, the relevance and significance of this passage for us today is found primarily elsewhere. As I was preparing for this morning, it struck me that the word transfiguration that we use to describe this event isn't one found in scripture. It's actually a 14th century word derived from Latin. Transfigure, to change shape or to change form. It's a term that concerns the implications of this event and that goes beyond establishing a connection between Jesus and Jewish history and even Jesus and the fulfillment of messianic prophecy. Rather, it points to the transformative power of divine glory and of the importance of prayer as we are called to die to self in service of God and our brothers and sisters whom he holds with us in his eternal love. Prayer is a significant theme throughout Luke's writings, as Scott Schoff, an American theologian, points out. Following his baptism, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus while he was praying. Jesus' selection of the twelve apostles occurred after spending a night in prayer. Peter's confession of Jesus as the Messiah occurred whilst Jesus was praying. Later in his Gospel, Luke describes Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before his arrest and on the cross before his death. Prayer here is not merely speaking words to God, but it's a spiritual experience of God. In case we think that the possibility of divine encounter is limited to Jesus, we see the same thing with a variety of characters in Acts, also written by Luke. 
the gathered early church experience a dramatic divine response to their communal prayer. The centurion Cornelius's prayers result in an angel being sent to him and in, in him being chosen by God as the first Gentile Christian. Paul and Silas are miraculously freed from prison while praying. Paul experiences an encounter with the risen Christ while praying. Now, I wouldn't suggest that we should expect our experience of prayer to be comparatively revelatory, as far from my own experience. But these descriptions do challenge us to seek for silence and for something higher in prayer than simply offering our petitions, however well-meaning those might be. I'd like to share with you a few paragraphs from the Franciscan writer, Brother Ramon, who provides some commentary on the Transfiguration and what it teaches us about the life of prayer. Jesus gives himself to the prayer, he says, in self-surrendered freedom and discipline. The uncreated light of the Holy Spirit floods his being and overflows into the natural order. Here is not only a penetration into the mystery of God, <clears throat> but an awareness of the communion of saints, the shared experience of saints on earth and in heaven. The divine presence saturates the mountain and the voice from the excellent glory fills the disciples with awe and amazement. These are moments of wonder, of holy fear, of contemplative vision. The vision encapsulates and saturates all those caught up in its glory. But, he says, and this is important for our own faith and calling, the plane of human need stretches out below with all its opportunities and challenges to loving service. Jesus carries the glory from the mount to the plain. The splendour and vision of the glory of God is translated into compassion, healing and works of mercy. The Transfiguration depicts Christ's prenatal glory with the Father. The Valley of Service depicts the life and ministry of Jesus on earth and the prediction of his passion points in the direction of Calvary. In our own experience, this may serve as a model of life in Christ. The transfiguration symbolizes the mountain of contemplative prayer. The valley opens out into a ministry of teaching and healing. The prediction includes the constant dying to sin and self and the acknowledgement of our mortality, which leads to eternal life. Every human being needs to develop a dimension of contemplation, for without it, we do not attain to a real humanity. Nevertheless, we cannot stay up on the mountain, for there is a valley of need which calls for positive and practical service to the needy. This valley of service lies between the deepening life of prayer and the valley of the shadow of death which is before us all. Beyond that is eternal glory, but our present concern must be with our world and its need. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are made for glory, 
And that glory is realised through our dying and rising again with Christ, the source of all light. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Christ. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Loving God, as we enter the season of Lent, we give you thanks for the freedom we have here in the United Kingdom to worship when, where and how we choose. We give thanks for our St Bride's family. Guide and sustain Alison and Jeff and our vergers. Bless our administration staff, our wardens and guild, and the Sunday Club community. Creator God, thank you for our musicians and for those who work behind the scenes each week to bring to life our online services. We pray for our online community spread far and near and for all here at Fleet Street today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Mighty God, today we pray for peace in Ukraine. The prospect of another war in Europe is frightening. We pray for the diocese in Europe and especially for the tiny congregation of Christchurch in central Kiev. Comfort all the mothers and fathers siblings and friends of those who are being mobilised to fight in Ukraine, Russia and Belarus. We pray for civilians like us who now find themselves in harm's way. Grant them security and a sense of your presence. Highest God, we ask that you counsel those leaders and presidents who can stop the unfolding catastrophe. Grant all of us the ability and the desire to distinguish truth from propaganda and hyperbole and protect all those in the media around the world 
who risk their lives from day to day to bring us the news. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, as we move forward in our journey out of the pandemic and are asked to take personal responsibility, help us to be mindful as we re-embrace our social lives that there are many among us who through no fault of their own remain highly vulnerable to COVID. Help us always to be considerate of the needs and vulnerabilities of others and to remember that our comfort may well not be the most important concern in the room. Healing God, we remember all who suffer from illness or who cannot access treatment or vaccines. We ask you to ease their pain and heal the damage in their bodies, minds and spirits. Be with those who support them, their friends and families, doctors and nurses, and grant these carers freedom from stress, exhaustion and disillusionment. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, we remember with gratitude those whom we have loved and who have died. Be especially close this week to those who've suffered recent losses and who remember the anniversaries of the deaths of loved ones. Give them peace and comfort. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we ask that during this Lenten season, you grant each of us a true awareness of your presence and grace in our daily lives. Inspire us to pass on your love in all that we do, mundane and magnificent. Help us to remember that wherever we are, there you are also. Grant us the grace to keep turning to you to find our way through every minute of every day. And in this moment, we ask that you hear us as we bring to you the concerns on our hearts, known only to you. Merciful Father, I accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven. We worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ, Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy, 
Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he Let us pray. Holy God, we see your glory in the face of Jesus Christ. May we who are partakers at his table reflect his life in word and deed, that all the world may know his power to change and save. This we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. 
Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.